The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Welcome, welcome to Wednesday Night Live. We're so thrilled that you're here with us. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm glad to be here with my wonderful colleagues this evening. Reverend Kay Johnson is here with us, and she leads our healing ministry and is a huge part of the creation of and the continuation of our healing light service. And Reverend Chris Plim is here tonight also. She leads our circles of love and, and supports all of our efforts in guests and new members. And it's a delight to be here with both of you this evening and share the stage and share this service and and just have time together and I don't know that we've seen each other in person forever so this is really wonderful too so thank you thank you for being here and I am looking forward to your message and to your prayer tonight and before we get there we've been really having a a wonderful time anchoring in with these conversations with each other unrehearsed just uh, talking about the state of the world right now. I was listening to Dr. Michael Beckwith recently, and he was talking about this being like a double pandemic now. We've got the mm -hmm. pandemic of COVID-19, and we've got the pandemic of this racial uproar that's happening. And uh, how do we stand in a centered place? And especially tonight with the theme that you've brought to us and the music has been about, how do we stand in love for ourselves and for each other and for our world during a time such as this? What are ways of being or actions that we can take that really help us to be and express that love. So why don't we start with you, Reverend Chris, and would you be willing to answer that question for us and give sure. us some wisdom? Sure. Um, my first thought on that question is, we have a unique opportunity right now to be spiritual activists, to be something that we are called forth to be that perhaps we've not done in that way before. We have an opportunity to pray, we have an opportunity to listen to all sides. And that includes both pandemics because even with the coronavirus, we hear this and that and we should do this and we shouldn't do that. And then with the pandemic of uh, the whole racial question opening up right now, we've got to be able to listen to why do we have civil unrest? What are, we call it a protest, but is that really a protest? what's really going on in the hearts of people. And so for me to be that spiritual activist, being in prayer and being in very constructive and careful listening to all perspectives is what I can do now. That's very beautiful and, and I agree, a very wise and loving choice to, to accept and be open to people that you hear express themselves and how they live their mm -hmm. lives. I feel much the same. And what about you, Reverend Kay? What, what wisdom do you have for us around this? Well, what, what came to me about this was the need to actually look at myself um, and, and really, really ask hard questions. You know, what, what, what am I doing? What am I, am I contributing to any of this? In what way? What do I really feel? What do I really think about things? I, and then I, that made me start to think about my parents. And, and they, they were second generation immigrants and farmers in Iowa, I, I suspect for 
many years, they'd never even uh, seen a black person. But I remember some some prejudice coming out of my dad's mouth at some point. And and now that I look back on that, it, 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 I, I knew at the time this isn't this isn't this this isn't who he is. Um, but I remember thinking, um, where did he learn that? You know, where do we learn? Uh, you know, the wonderful song from South Pacific. We have to be carefully, you, you have to be carefully taught. Mm -hmm. There was so much controversy about whether that song was going to be in the show or not, mm -hmm. and when they made the movie, and blah, blah, blah. It's just, that song is, um, is really significant. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. anyway, where, where, are we caref where are we carefully taught? Look, maybe listen and look to ourselves first as a place to start. Mm -hmm. Where am I? Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautifully said, and so true, and so... Uh, for me, I, I agree with everything that you both have said and have thought a lot about uh, something that I heard a year ago here on this stage from a, an, a speaker we had, Matt Kahn was here. And he talked about when the world erupts as it has, how, uh, how conflicted we can feel about exactly what you're saying. What can I do? How can I help make it better? How can I be sure that I'm being a loving contribution and building up the world I want to see occur and not being a part of the problem and all that? And he said to the, all of us who were there, this room was full of people, he said, you have to accept that there are going to be people who will make a huge difference by going out and marching and protesting, as you said, Reverend Chris, or taking a stand by walking in the streets and going to capitals and, and writing letters and talking to world leaders. And there will be others who will choose to uh, be at home and pray and contribute to the light on the planet. And that neither of those is more right or wrong than the other. And that each one of us has to find our place in that when eruption occurs in our society. And I've been having that resonate within me because I see a lot of people in social media, uh, on the news, in conversations thinking that we should all be out in the streets and then others will say we should all be home or we should be doing nothing or we should be praying or prayer is not enough. That's not going to do anything. That doesn't matter. You, you know, and everybody's got their opinion. And what I've been really watching and checking in myself is that my most loving action can be to follow my own heart about what is mine to do to contribute. And if I feel called to be in the streets, boy, I'm going to be out in the streets but if I feel called to be at home praying, I'm going to pray. And boy, am I going to pray deeply and powerfully and profoundly. And I, I felt like that statement and that invitation gave me freedom to love myself, whatever my choice is, and to love you and totally support you. Like you were saying, support anybody who feels called, by gosh, then please go. Or anybody who feels called to stay home, by gosh, please stay home. Whatever people feel called to do to let it be okay. And that that's part of how we can love each other right now too, mm -hmm. is to say, if you want to make a difference, there's so, there are so many ways to make a difference. Find your way that mm -hmm. is right for you. It mm -hmm. feels like that is right for me. Is there anything more that either of you would like to say about this before we move on in our service tonight? Any other thoughts you well, have? Well, the only thing I, I, I also thought about was um, in order of, it, after doing the self-examination, then what, what next? 
And I thought, you know, it, it would be very important, it feels very important to do something that Chris alluded to, which is to really consciously listen. Mm-hmm. And not, and, and listen to those people who perhaps you don't agree with. That's mm-hmm. the really hard thing, but what a mm-hmm. challenge. What, can we really listen? Because that is closer to the love that Jennifer's calling, talking about, to listen, to be willing to listen. Is, is like an act of love. Mm-hmm. It is, because anytime we don't listen or we make a whole group of people wrong for their viewpoint or we disenfranchise people because they don't agree with us or they support someone that we don't agree with, that's what we call separation in the world of spirituality. And what we know is that we can't ever be happy or feel fulfillment when we practice separation. Mm-hmm. The only path to that is finding oneness. And we don't have to agree with everything that everyone else believes or thinks, but we can love and respect each other even when our beliefs are diverse, mm-hmm. I think, right? Mm-hmm. The only other thing I would add, Michelle, is that I think somewhere, somehow, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone, we've lost the art of civil conversation. Mm-hmm. And if we could go back to some principles of nonviolent communication, civility, um, all of those qualities. And we've had them and we can have them again. And we can take a stand for that. Mm-hmm. That's very loving, isn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. So tonight we're going to talk about a love story. Now, maybe it passed through your mind, you know, boy meets girl, boy, no, nah, not that kind of love story. Tonight we're going to talk about choosing love. So I want to tell you about a woman. Her name is Susan. She's a dear friend. She's a member of this church. Uh, And she also is the CEO of a small manufacturing company that is here in Lakewood, not, not very far from this church. And this January of 2020, Uh, Susan was very much involved in her spiritual practice, which she loved, which was uh, her gratitude journal. And she was realizing that as she identified and wrote down the things she was grateful for in her journal, that it started her day off with a a buoyant energy, as well as sometimes if she would do that at night, then it would lull her into some great sleep. So she was very fond of this particular practice. And so she decided that she wanted to share it. So she told her um, employees, she said, I have purchased a gratitude journal for each one of you. And she passed them out. And then she said, we are going to uh, do something a little different in our month or our weekly meeting. So uh, every time we come to meet, uh, the whole team comes together. We're going to start off by going around the room. And everybody, I want you to tell one thing that you've been grateful for. Now, maybe you can imagine that uh, some business meetings you've been in, uh, maybe a bunch of CPAs or, you know, a construction crew, and just imagine what it would be like if they would start their meeting by everybody going around and naming one thing they're grateful for. Of course, what happens is it changes the energy it changes the energy of the people in the room. It changes the energy of the meeting as it, as it unfolds. And the other thing it does that is really important is it creates connection. Because as you listen to people that you may only know in a, in a you know, business relationship, 
talk about something they're, they're grateful for, you learn something about them. And it creates this sense of connection, this connection that is something that we are missing right now. We're missing our physical connection. But we can still be connected energetically, of course. And that's one of the things that, that, that this practice can really do. So she had so much success with, with the gratitude journals, she thought, well, how about a little metaphysics? So the next thing she did was call her um, group together, her employees, and say, I am going to uh, sponsor a uh, year subscription to Gaia TV for each one of you. And what I'm asking you to do is I want you to go and I want you to watch this certain program which is called Rewired. Now, some of you may be familiar with this program. It's one of Joe Dispenza's uh, series of, of talks and so forth. And she said, and then I want you to come and, and tell me, you know, what do you think? All right, did you learn something from this? What, what do you think about it? How did you feel about it? Did anything in there that was interesting to you? So then February came and the pandemic started to really heat up. And Susan's business is an essential, uh, is an essential business, so they did not have to close. Nobody, nobody needed to lose their job. So what happened is they did work for a little while, and then she decided, you know, th this is not right. So she told everybody, I want you to go, I want you all to go home for two weeks, we're gonna close. You'll still be paid, but we need to, I need you to go home, make sure that you're safe, make sure that your family is well, make sure you are well. We will make sure that the office and every place that you're coming back to is safe so that anybody who comes back, there's not, no chance of getting infected here. And so they did that for these two weeks. Now, um, I want to jump back and tell you why her business is essential, just because it's interesting. So they make, they manufacture uh, meters and instruments that actually have to do with the flow of natural gas. So that's why, that's why it was an essential, uh, an essential business. So this is a, a factory with office people as well. So that was, so they came back. So now we move into March. And I think a lot of us, when we got to that stage of the pandemic, started to notice, I mean, it was impossible not to notice how many people were truly struggling. There was food problems, there was people were losing their jobs and they were, you know, just lost. And so Susan had a favorite project and she decided she wanted to make a donation to that. So she talked to her, again, she talked to her employees about it, and she said, one of my favorite projects that, that's here in, in, this, in, the, in the metropolitan area is called Project Angel Heart. Now, Project Angel Heart is an organization that prepares and delivers medically uh, tailored food to seriously Ill, Ill people who are in their homes. And this Actually, I was familiar with this project in the 80s because, and I think that's when it started, during the AIDS epidemic. Because, it, again, this was a time when people did not want to go into a home where, because there was so much confusing information about how AIDS was spread, that sort of thing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We're there again. So she told her um, employees, she said, I'm gonna make a donation to this project because I believe in it. And she, we, they talked about it what, it, what they did. And then she said, if you would like to contribute, I'll match what you'd like to put in. 
And so you know what this is. It, again, this is, it's, it's an act of love. You take care of yourself and your family, and then you look out and realize there's others. And when you step into that place of, of, of helping others, again, there's this energy of, energy of love, energy of, of joy, of compassion that comes through. So immediately following that, she saw how much joy her group had gotten out of participating with her. She said, well, maybe there's a project that you're really interested in. Bring it to me, tell me about it. And if you wanna make a donation to, to something that, that you're interested in that's gonna help the community, well, I'll match that. And so people did. How can I give love today? The other thing she said to them was, you know, if you would like to volunteer, maybe you'd like to take a day and volunteer. So I'll tell you what I'll do for everybody that wants to do this. I'll give you a day off a month, still paid, and you go and volunteer. And the only thing is what I want you to be sure to do is I want you to come back and talk to me and tell me about it. Tell me what you experienced. Tell me what you learned about the project that you're so interested in. And so she, she grew that whole feeling of, of helping and, and who can we give love to today uh, into another way just for each individual to, to make a stand for themselves. What she said to them, which I thought was really so profound, she said, I want to see the new improved version of you, the best version of you that you can be. I want to see personal growth. Business growth will come. And in fact, it did. They, she told me, you know what, we, transfer, we transformed the way we do business in the last two months. We used to be on airplanes and in traffic and in hotels, uh, contacting customers, the, the people in the business that did that. And she said now they are being able to con contract many more of their, uh, of their business people that they're, to whom they're selling because they're online. And it's, it's made it so much more efficient. She said, the business is doing well. And, and I said to her, I said, Susan, you did so many things for your employees. And she said, they're the ones who made it happen. And then she said something to me that really shocked me. She said, Kay, I'm addicted. And I said, what? What, what, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, maybe you remember, a couple of years ago in the healing support group, there was a man who started talking about having been in the Vietnam War and having felt that his entire future was taken away from him because he was ripped out of college, ripped out of being able to go to college and was, was in the war. And he, and he went on to say, and she said, he said it to the whole group, everybody who was in the room. He said, I think I've been addicted most of my adult life, addicted to depression. And Susan said, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. She said, I, I think I've been addicted to fear and to illness. And she said, I know where it started. 
I know where it started. When I was a kid, my mother was really, really sick. And I had little brothers, and, and I had to take care of them. And I lost my childhood. It never happened. And then years later, when my mother died, about a year after she died, I got sick. And you know, I've taken, she said, I've taken so many classes at Mile High Church, and I've taken a lot of workshops, and I've read so many books, and I've even done some therapy. She said, but now I know, I know, I can, I can see it, and I can speak it. Fear was what was driving me. Fear is why I was so sick. Fear was what was driving my life. But I can see it, I can speak it right now. I can't say poor me anymore. I just can't. When something happens, I, I say to myself, what am I supposed to learn here? Well, get out of a fear-driven life. Kick that fear to the curb, is exactly what she said. So Susan writes an inspiring email to her staff on the day before they have their weekly staff meeting, everybody meets together, and she calls it Thoughts for the Week. And she always starts it off with a quote. So I'd like to read it to you. This is a recent, uh, recent email that she sent to her staff. Hi team, through money and power, you cannot solve the many problems of the world. The problem in the human heart must be solved first. That was spoken by the Dalai Lama. It feels like that's a message for us right now. The problem in the human heart is what must be solved. Anyway, she goes on. The challenges we have been faced with over the last couple of months have taught me to focus on the healing of the human heart so that we can all come out of this pandemic wiser, stronger, kinder, and more loving. I'm grateful for all of you and the company we are building together as a team. I'm grateful for the ability to take a time out to care for myself so that I can come back stronger than ever. I am grateful for life because this is the greatest learning space of all. I could go on forever, but hopefully you get the point. We are so blessed that our gratitude journals could never contain all of our blessings. I'd like you to meet Susan now. Susan experienced her third recurrence of cancer in six years this January of 2020. That is when she gave away the gratitude journals. Who can I give love to today? Something amazing happens when we surrender and just love. Let's do that right now. Close your eyes and take a nice deep breath, but take it into your heart. Even put your hands on your heart if you'd like. And then a nice long exhale as well. 
Feel like you're breathing into that space in your chest where your heart is. And now bring to your mind someone or some event or some place that you just absolutely love. It just makes you feel wonderful. Bring that into your heart. Feel that feeling in your heart. And now bring somebody into the, your heart, somebody, maybe an individual, maybe a family member, maybe somebody who's sick, maybe somebody who's hurting, somebody who's struggling, or maybe it's a group. Maybe it's our entire city. Bring that into your heart where all that love is right in this moment and share that. Love them. Love all of them. God is love. And so are we. Thank heaven. God is love. And so it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.